0: Hey guys, Coach J here. Just wanted to say something quick before we start this week's episode. This week's episode is about communication, and I know I've mentioned my marriage in many of the episodes. We will be hitting 20 years married in June and a little over 21 years altogether uh, that we've been together. Communication is the key. I've mentioned it's been a roller coaster ride. We've had high points which I, I enjoy saying we are on one now and we've had low points where communication was definitely a major breakdown uh, not to quote Led Zeppelin and I really feel that keeping that open dialogue with any relationship you have whether it's an intimate relationship with a spouse or a significant other a business relationship friendships communicating openly not making it a guessing game being honest with each other is key to any connection you have uh, thanks for listening and enjoy this show thank you for listening to the power shift mindset we'll be discussing techniques concepts and strategies to help you achieve the success and happiness you're looking for Hey guys, Coach Jay here, and once again, I'm here with Shruti Sadana, and this week we are talking about communication. Communication in any relationship is the key, and we talk about how open dialogue back and forth is crucial. Hey guys, Coach Jay here with Shruti, and today we're talking about communication and how it can impact and affect all forms of relationships, whether that's a friendship, business relationship, intimate relationship. Communication is one of the Biggest things that we need to work on uh, as individuals and with partners
1: uh, in any form. It's such an important topic to talk about because I feel like communication, when there's miscommunication, I feel like you're not really hearing the other person. And it's just two people just talking but not comprehending. So how can we have more effective communication in all areas? Like you mentioned, business, friendships, and romantic relationships.
0: Well, you said the same thing that I say, you have to listen to reply and not just hear to react. And I know in the heat of the moment, if we're having an argument with someone or or you're frustrated, there are times where all of us, human nature, we're going to react. I mean, no one's immune to doing that even the best communicators will will snap every now and then Uh, but you do need to like you said listen comprehend make sure you understand it And if you don't understand ask a question and ask for i mean some more information if you need it Uh, don't just react based on on what you assume is going on especially if you hear this communication third
1: party where it goes through someone else Oh yeah, that's that's always a telephone game. That's a different, yeah. that's a totally, um, that's another thing, but I wanna talk about this and I wanna ask you, what do you do in a situation where you feel really maybe provoked or you're in the heat of the moment? How do you handle that situation so you don't say something you regret, regret later?
0: I'd say the way I handle it now compared to how I handled it years ago is definitely different. Uh, I actually recently had a situation where um, basically a relationship that that faded towards the end and there was a little uh, banter back and forth and um, something was said and I was about to give the facts of what was said and it was just, you know what, sometimes being right isn't as important as having peace in your mind. So sometimes it's just better to walk away if if that's what the situation is. Um, in the past I might have said, no, you gotta listen. This is this is what happened, and, and just butt heads back and forth and back and forth. Uh, I think now I'm definitely I mean, calmer with it. I, I also have uh, I mean my friends that have helped me with communication skills and, and let's go into and relationship and I mentioned it many times that and I'm pushing 20 years of marriage, and we've had some high points and some very low points. Uh, I can't say right now, or probably in one of the, the better points we've been in, um, probably as, as good as it's been, but we've had some low points where, where we would definitely would just butt heads and go back and forth. And one of the things that was suggested to me was, even if someone else is doing something quote unquote wrong, and this would go whether it's I mean, with my wife or with my kids or, and you can use it with a coworker. instead of saying hey you need to work on this or hey you need to do that it's like hey what can we do to make this better make it a we thing or what can i do to help with this situation and if you put it on yourself then you don't come across as attacking and not that you necessarily meant it in an attackful way but if they if they feel like they're being attacked then they're going to Again, snap back, and they're going to react to what they hear and not reply to what they listen to.
1: I love that. And I love that you say we, so that it could be like, hey, let's work on this together instead of me being like, oh, hey, you did this wrong, or hey, like you're this or that. And I also feel that I tend to use the words I feel. I feel hurt by this or whatever I'm feeling at the moment I try to be conscious of using the words I feel instead of being like well you did this I would say you know I felt really hurt or kind of dissed by what you did and I just want to be honest about it but there are times I know with my family that I can I can be impulsive sometimes and I'm consciously working on that because I'm like that doesn't work and that just you know creates negative energy and then no one is happy and then there's just that uneasy feeling so why not just take a moment it's like I'm gonna walk away right now that's what I want to do when I'm in that situation because it's like something bubbles up, up I'm not one of those people that can bite my tongue like Like you're like, you know what? Sometimes it's better not to say anything. And I do think that's true. But I feel in a relationship, if you do that a few times, then you're just going to explode. So, unless it's a relationship, you're like, I'm done. I'm just going to bite my tongue. I'm not going to say anything. Sure, that's fine. But if you are in a consistent relationship with someone, whether it's business, friendship, uh, love, whatever it is, then that can't always be the situation because then it creates this, oh, I'm afraid to say what I really want to say. And I think it's important, at least I've learned, I used to be a people pleaser and, you know, like, oh, I just want people to like me or I just want to impress them. And I'm like, no, I'm, I don't know how to be other than just being my truth. And when I'm in my truth, I feel that when we are in our truth, we're connected with our higher self. So when we're not in our truth, when we're like, oh, you did this, that's coming from the ego. So it's kind of being aware of where you're at. Are you coming from your higher self or are you coming from your ego? You
0: know, in, in the most recent situation, it it was the tail end of this particular relationship. So at that point, I mean, trying to, to prove my point didn't really mean anything. What was over was already over. So at that point, you know, my my peace of mind was better than winning the, the uh, conversation. Um, But as far as in that long-term continued relationship, like you said, yeah, you don't need to be the people pleaser and, and bite your tongue every time, but everyone's heard the phrase, pick your battles. I mean, do we really, Mm -hmm. do we really want to worry about, okay, the socks are next to the hamper. Let's just pick them up and put them in there. All right. You left the dish in the sink. You know what? Sometimes it's easier just to wash it with your dish and put it on the and stuff like that. I and mean, there's other cases where, you know what, the kids leave the dishes there. You know what, you have a cell phone bill that I'm paying for. You better make sure you wash the dish. But there's <laughs> other there's other times where, and sometimes you 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 just have to pick your battle. Now, if it's that major thing where, okay, you missed the bill and our lights got turned off for the third time, or you did something like that. Okay, maybe now you need to speak up. But some of the little things, sometimes it is easier, just bite the tongue. Um, and one of the notes here I have is is, no mind reading just say it I and mean, it's not a game don't leave hints actually say what you're feeling what you're thinking and it's you can't just hint all the time expect the other person to know what you're thinking uh, especially if someone had a bad day and you have to you have to communicate you have to say exactly what's on your mind
1: definitely i mean for me at least i know that i'm pretty straightforward when it comes to communication at least i have been the last couple of years, because like I said, I don't want to be a people pleaser anymore. And I find that once I say something to you more than two times, and I've said it nicely, I've said it respectfully, and you don't comprehend it or change your behavior. If something bothers me and I'm like, Hey, for example, you're always late or not. You're always late. Like, I feel like you're late and I feel like I'm waiting for you. Some situation like that. And if you don't change that behavior, I'm just gonna be like, okay, well, is this relationship worth having in my life? Sure, I have love for this person, but this is kind of bringing me stress and a negative energy, so I'd rather just remove myself from it. I'm like, I've tried, I've made the effort, and if someone isn't getting it when you're being nice and respectful, then yeah, you have to remove yourself from that situation. Or you can stay in it, but then you're gonna be constantly frustrated. I just choose to give people a chance a couple times, and if they don't listen to me, I'm like, I'm, I'm done because <laughs> it's just going to happen again. And it, it comes off as you being respectful in communication and the other person not respecting your wishes or they heard you, but they just aren't going to do anything about it.
0: You, you mentioned the respectful <laughs> with communication. Um, you pretty much grew up with instantaneous communication and social media. And I have a few years on you. I think you said you were 32, right? Yeah. I remember right? So I'm 45. So my high school years, there were no cell phones. There were, I mean, the, the mobile phone, which looked like a home phone attached to the inside of a car. And that was the start of it. I remember when my father got one of the first mobile phones. I mean, it looked like a phone that hung on the wall, but it was inside the car and, and we didn't have text messages. We didn't have the internet. So I grew up in the day of one phone attached to the wall with a cord. And I remember my father saying that he didn't want an answering machine. Now, back in the 80s and early 90s, answering machine was high tech. And for your kids listening, you put a cassette in there and it recorded your voice. But he said, no, I don't want it. I don't want an answering machine because then the person expects me to call back. Well, now Mm -hmm. in the day and age of instantaneous communication, multiple social media platforms, pretty much everyone has a cell phone, which has voicemail, but more commonly we use text messaging. You have Facebook and instant messenger there and Instagram and Twitter and all these ways to communicate. What's your feeling on when someone communicates with you with one of those things? And in a lot of cases you have the red receipts. So you have a verified receipt that this person opened your message And personally, if someone takes time out of their life to message me, I message them back as soon as I get it. And when I'm at work, my phone has to go into the cell phone prison. I don't get it for the three hour blocks, but if I'm here and my phone goes off, I respond right away. Even if it's, Hey, I'm busy. I'll get back to you. I don't like to let people hang in. And I also understand that you're not obligated. I mean, we see memes all the time. And you see, hey, if you can't spare two seconds for me, then why should I do that for you? And then you have the other ones that, you know, I'm not required to jump to every phone call and every text message. And I can see both sides. I personally feel that if you took the time out to contact me, I am going to reply. Even if it's something that I'm not interested in, I will reply and say, hey, sorry, not interested and move on. What's your feeling on that?
1: Um, I think that I respond when I'm in the frame of mind to like, even if I read it, I'm like, okay, I read it. Like maybe I'm not in the mindset mindset or state of mind where I'm like, oh, I'm going to respond to this, but I'll eventually get back. And I rather respond when I'm not feeling like I'm feeling forced to respond because that's just, you can feel that too. When somebody responds to you and it kind of seems like, Forced, like you can get the vibe even through text message so I would rather say like be in a space when you want to respond and respond and even when I you know I'll send out emails for like work emails and I haven't heard back in let's say a few days I'll give it about like five days before I send a follow-up email because I know on the other end if someone sends me a message and if I don't respond and then like a couple hours later like the next day they're like hello hello I'm like that that to me is just like eh, like I don't like that so I make an effort to be like okay this person hasn't responded to me let me give them some space like maybe they're doing something or maybe they just aren't exactly like me like they're just not in the state of mind or they just don't feel like responding right now it's a respect thing and also just being I would rather have someone respond to me when they're in an authentic space so I choose to do that as well and like you said I don't think anybody owes you a response and even if someone sends you a message and it's very nice that they send you a message and send you like, Hey, thinking of you or whatever, but like who wants a response back? That's like, Oh, they only responded to me because they felt obligated to, I would rather have someone not respond to me than only respond to me because they feel obligated to. Does that make sense?
0: You had mentioned business email. So I think the context is a little different if it's personal and if it's business Um, and the personal message Uh, you mentioned like, okay, a business email, you might follow up in a week, but if you're casting, Mm -hmm. if you're casting for a role or if someone messaged you, you got an email and you waited five days before you replied and said, you know what? I think I like this role. They're going to reply back and say, sorry, someone else took it on Tuesday. We gave you 24 hours. Yeah, no, not
1: for something like that. I'm like, yeah, I tend to push myself sometimes, even if I'm like not in the mood, because that's business. But like for personal stuff, I'm like, okay, I'll respond when I wanna respond. Sometimes my friends, you know, like they're probably just chilling in quarantine and they don't respond for four hours sometimes. Sometimes they respond right away. I'm just like, okay, they're like doing their thing. I'm not gonna bother them because I would, if I'm like, hello, hello, like, did you get my message? Like, think of how annoying that comes off to the other person. Think of how you would feel if someone's like, hello, hello you would be annoyed. So you wouldn't want to do that to somebody else. Right. Like, no, are
0: a, few, you- a few hours I'm, I'm fine with. And that's the same thing. If I mean, right now we're, we're in the middle of recording. If I get a text message in, in the middle of this, it's going to be another 45 minutes to an hour before I reply. So obviously everyone's doing stuff at different times. So I don't expect instantaneous. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like you said, four hours, I mean, after the workday, I mean, if someone's at work and they and they work nine to five, okay, I might not get the text until after six o'clock. And I'm perfectly fine with that. Sometimes when it goes another day, two days, three days, um, especially when you know the characteristics of, of people. I worked on a photography project with someone, and she was bad at replying to text messages. Yet when we were doing the finals of this photo project, I, I told her she had to come here and sit with me so she realized how much work I was putting into it. And she was sitting next to me. Her phone would buzz, click, 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 click. And it's like, all right, you couldn't wait three and a half seconds to reply to all those. So why when my text came out and I'm trying to do this project for you, it took six hours, eight hours, 24 hours. So, I mean, that also comes into it. And you mentioned personality. I personally think in any typed communication or written communication, you're going to take it in your mood. I mean, I can be in the best mood that I'm in, and if I write something and don't put a whole bunch of smiley faces in it, and this and that, and you're in a bad mood, you're going to read it in a bad mood and vice versa. I mean, if I'm cranky and I write something and, and it's very and generic and you're in a good mood, you're going to read it in a good mood. And, that's, and that's, very that's, true. that's that's the tough thing. I mean, again, going back to my days of growing up, and you see this all the time. I mean, 80s kids were the, the last great generation because- we got to ride our bikes with no helmets and walk to 7-Eleven without our parents and I actually play outside and communicate face-to-face. And technology is great. And I have friends that I've met that, I mean, I have communication with because of technology. But I miss the face-to-face communication and I think written communication, actually handwriting. And I kind of joked after seeing my son's writing saying that, even at the high school level, penmanship should be a class. I I think the art of writing in another 50 years will not exist because everyone types and thumbs things out.
1: Yes, I think that that's also another thing. I think if you're really frustrated, grab your journal I know it sounds cheesy but it's really effective I've done it sometimes too where if I'm like really pissed or I just gonna fight with someone I'm like okay I need to write down my feelings and then when I journal it out when I really write handwrite it out there's a sense of relief that I feel after even if I'm still like frustrated it's gone down like a whole big notch like a whole level it could go from like a 10 to like a six just by writing it out because I'm like, at least I'm getting it out somewhere. Like when you're communicating with someone and you're not comprehending and you're in the heat of the moment, just writing. You're like, okay, at least I have my journal. My journal is listening to me. They get it. So then you feel like, okay, I've gotten all this stuff out that's in my mind and my heart and my spirit. And then you just feel like, like I can breathe again. And I've, I've done this. And that's why I'm saying it's effective because I've actually practiced this, like, a lot and I think that if people wrote out their thoughts and the, when they're writing just being like i even like unconsciously things are coming to you and consciously you will look back and be like whoa that's what I was feeling yesterday like wow like I was but at least you're being present and you're just being in touch and you're getting it out somewhere rather than using someone as like a you know like a boxing bag.
0: Well, you, you mentioned the journaling and you asked like, how do I handle situations in communicating? and communicating? And I mentioned how now I'm much more aware of myself and better at expressing myself and using the, how can we work on this? Where let's go back a few years where I would have been a little more attacking. So even though I might not be doing the journal, I still communicate with myself and yeah. either in that moment or, or. I and mean, whether it be daily reflections or weekly where you sit down and say, okay, what did I do this week that I need to, I need to work on next time. All right. Maybe I, I, I snapped on the kids a little too hard. It was their first day back to school after the vacation. Okay. I can give them a little more time. And, and so definitely communicating with yourself on how to communicate better. And like you said, whether you do the journaling and leave yourself notes or you just do it with mindfulness, um, I know going to a, a little more of, and like business relationships and, and teams, cause I, I feel that business relationships and team relate, whether it be a sports team or it's a sales team and it, it runs the same way. And again, you need to communicate and w- with your teammates. And then even if you're in mean, different steps of the ladder, and communicating from a, a senior authoritative position down, um, positive communication goes a long way. It can't always be negative. Um, when, when I took my my level three archery coaching thing, they referred to it as the Oreo method. Hey, I like you, what you did with this. Let's work on this for next time. And you also did a great job with this. Positive, let's work on this and finish with the positive. And I mean, it's one thing that. I mentioned at work they had asked about uh, what, what do you think would help the feeling of everything around? I said, you know what? It's okay to say something nice every now and then and not tack on a negative at the end because you could say, hey, you guys are great. You're great, you're great, you're great, you're great for 20 minutes and then, but we need to work on this. Well, now when everyone left the meeting, the only thing they remember is the last thing that you just beat over their head about what they're doing wrong, regardless of how many good things The last thing you said was what you need to do. And it's okay to have a compliment standalone.
1: Yes. I also think that I personally prefer constructive criticism first and then the compliment. I'd rather have, it's like, you know, when someone's like, do you want the bad news first or the good news? You always want to hear the bad news first because you're like, oh, I'm waiting for like that good news. So then the good news isn't ruined by the bad news. So I'd rather have someone say... You know, even when someone tells you like to work on something, it's also very subjective. That's their own um, feedback that they're giving you, so you take it how you want to take it. And even for projects, I remember we got this um, one email a couple days ago, and this woman was like, "Oh, like this is really, really intriguing." You know, that in the marketplace is really competitive, so you'd have to make sure you'd be working on this area but I would love to see a script when you have it. So she gave like a compliment, but she also was like, this is what you should focus on. And that actually helped because we're like, okay, well, we wanna make this better. And the only way to make that better is by getting constructive feedback. Cause if someone's just like, I like it, I'm like, oh, well, I appreciate that. But then I'm like, okay, well, what what do I have to do to make it better? So it's presentable to top-notch level a lot of the stuff we worked on, you know, some we got harsh feedback, but it actually helped move the project forward or somebody was like, well, do this, do that. And then when we had the final product, even though it might not be the final product, it got the attention of people where it looked more presentable and more like a finished product almost. And that took some some constructive criticism, even though it's not always fun to hear, especially if you're like having... Uh, a day where you're like Ugh, like really you know and you're just not in a good mood already you are like oh this person's saying this to me so it's kind of like how you said before like also what kind of like mindset you're in
0: I think it also works the other way where like you're saying if you're already having a bad day and then they come and attack you with some constructive criticism where your day is already bad so it just sounds like an insult it doesn't sound like constructive criticism but at the same time yeah. it can work the other way where you're looking at what you're working on. You're having a great day. Everything. Oh, great! I'm gonna, I'm gonna ace this. They're gonna love it. And then they come in and give you constructive criticism. I mean, that could I mean, kick you in the rear yeah. just, just as hard. And I'm fine with constructive criticism. But again, going back to communications and tactics, and and the difference between replying and reacting. There's a way to give constructive criticism. I mean, not like. I mean, you, you just don't get it. You keep doing this wrong. You can't, you can't just attack. You have to say, People, Hey, yeah. you know what? let's try this next time. I mean, I like what you started with here, but let's, let's try to go this direction. There's different ways of doing it. And I know not everything needs to be sugar-coated and, I mean, sometimes you do need to be you know, a little stern, but there's still, again, if we're in a, yeah. busi- if we're in a business context, there's still professionalism. I mean, and I say that all the time. I say that all the time. If I did something wrong, reprimand me. If I did something wrong, discipline me. But we're in a business environment. You do it in a professional, respectful manner, regardless of what you need to do. That's oh, definitely,
1: that's definitely. I also want to talk about you know um, projections and how people sometimes project their own beliefs even though it's not conscious like about themselves too onto onto you maybe um so like let's say they say that you need to work on something but maybe that's something they need to work on themselves I actually had a meeting with my team yesterday and you know my friend goes and I love her and she's very very smart she goes you know like they're gonna look at pitches from like someone like Shonda Rhimes, like before they're gonna look at like somebody like us who has like no experience. And she's like, that person could go in with 10 pitches, someone like Shonda Rhimes, and they're gonna look at her stuff first. And I was just like, you know, I'm not gonna stop sending out pitches just because I'm not Shonda Rhimes. That doesn't, that's your own projection. You're thinking the way she said it, even though maybe she's not consciously aware of it, she's actually projecting her own beliefs onto me just like somebody else could be projecting their beliefs onto you when they're actually saying something it's their own beliefs about themselves too so even out out of a business context let's just say someone's like uh oh that's impossible like when your friend's like that's impossible there's like a one in a million chance or that your podcast is gonna make it whatever it is it's is it that they're is it that there's a one in a million chance or is it that they believe in their mind that something like that for themselves would be a one in a million chance so who is it really about are they really projecting you know their beliefs onto you most likely because we do that I mean we're not even conscious of it 95 percent of the time
0: well that kind of goes back to a couple of the other shows, I mean, all our shows kind of intertwine, and you have, first off your circle, you want the people that are going to support you in your circle, not the ones that are going to say, Oh, you can never do it. And then that goes back to, I mean, the follow your passion with Mike and the wrestling where he had people that told him, I mean, you're crazy. You're going to do wrestling. I mean, and here he is, he just celebrated his 20th year doing it. And so you have to do with what you feel you're gonna do. Um, but again, communication and if someone I mean, even if someone thinks that it's a crazy idea, and you can still be supportive with it. And obviously if someone could potentially hurt themselves, and I'm not talking a wrestling injury, but something even more serious than that. Yeah, right. you, you might be, want to be a little I and mean, outspoken about how you feel about something.
1: But I think that people need to be aware of their own triggers too. For example, what, what is something that, you know, bothers you when somebody calls you a certain thing? Like, what is it? Like, uh, give me an example of something that just annoys you when someone says, Oh, Hey Jay, you're this.
0: I honestly can't even think of anything. Um, I know one thing that I probably hear uh, because I, I, I will follow up with, with people, like you say, and, And there's times where some people will say, all right, okay, you're, you're pestering now or this and that. No, I I don't think when I followed up 24 hours or 48 hours is pestering. I mean, if I text you half an hour later and say, Hey, what's going on? I haven't heard from you half an hour later that I can see. Um, but then that can go back to their beliefs. I mean, I think a follow-up a day later, isn't, isn't out of the
1: right. Okay. So what's something that annoys you about somebody?
0: Going back, go, going back to communication and it's it's one I'll, I'll deal with with my wife at times where she'll say, and, and in her case, it's, it's often forgetfulness. It's not necessarily intentional, but I'll have to mail something and she'll say, oh, I got to go by the, the post office on the way to work. I'll mail it. Hey, did you mail that? Oh no, it's by the seat of my car. I forgot to. Stuff like that. It's like, again, going back to technology these days, Every AI, whether you have Siri or Google or Alexa or this and that, I use those things all the time. I just tell it, hey, remind me this, remind me that. So if I know I need to mail something, I'll I'll put it in my phone tomorrow morning. When I leave, remind me, stop at the post office. And they all have geo-tracking. So as soon as you pull out of your driveway, the thing goes ding, stop at the post office. Yeah. And okay so there, there's no excuses nowadays so that that can be annoying when someone says yeah. they're gonna help you or someone says hey I'll give you a call and it never comes that to me can be a little annoying, annoying. Because, because okay it's, so it's inconsistent I, conversation
1: yeah and I have a point to this I promise because I do this too and I know everybody does this so you say that you get annoyed when your wife or somebody is like forgetful, for example. So what we need to do in that moment is whenever we're communicating and I've heard this from my clients too, they're like, God, this person's so controlling. I'm like, okay, you too can be this, but you choose not to be. So for example, you said she's forgetful. So it's just recognizing that in ourselves too. Like, you know what? I too can be forgetful, but I choose not to be. And once you recognize those annoying traits that you find in somebody else about yourself, that you have the ability to be that, but you choose not to be, you will release it if you come from a genuine place when you say it. So there was, um, yeah, my one client, she said, you know, like my neighbors downstairs, they're like, they're like my parents who are so controlling this. She's like, I keep attracting that everywhere. It's so annoying. And I said, okay, so how about you? Can you ever be controlling? And she goes, yeah. She goes, yeah, yeah, I can be. So I'm like, okay. So it's just about accepting that in yourself, I too can be controlling, but I choose not to be. I too can be pestering, but I choose not to be. Once we sincerely accept those traits that drive us crazy about other people and ourselves, because unconsciously we are hiring those people in our life because we're not accepting those traits in ourselves, or we're like fearful of it. So once you genuinely and sincerely accept that about yourself, not only will you get better in your communication, but you'll stop attracting people like that in your life who, who annoy you in those ways because we tend to blame somebody else when our feelings, and we say like, oh, like that person hurt my feelings, but your feelings are your own. And it's, it's easy to, it's like, so there's obviously something I need to work on. It all comes back to the internal thing. So when you're really in touch with yourself about your strengths, your weaknesses, and that's what confidence is. For example, a confidence is being able to know both arrogance is I'm the shit. And like, I know it all. Confidence is, you know what? I know what my strengths are. I know what my weaknesses are. And I'm working on that. And that's going to make you a better communicator in all areas, in your business communications, in your intimate relationships, in your friendships. I guarantee you this because I used to, I used to be like, oh, this person's just judgmental. And I would be like, wait, I'm not accepting this about myself. And when we bring that awareness to ourselves, you know, just even violence. Like my mentor, he said that he had a client. I don't know if I talked about this um, in another episode, but you know, she lived in like the Middle East somewhere and she's like, I hate it here. Everyone here is so violent. Like, I just want to get out of here. And he goes, if a robber broke into your home and hurt your kids, what would you do? And she goes, I would kill them. And he goes, okay, there's my point. You too can be violent, but you choose not to be. So it's those, all those negative traits that we see in somebody else are just, in a way, like, and I saw this on Instagram says, thank, thank those negative triggers because they're sent as healings for you. And that's going to, and that has everything to do with communication. It really does. You learn about yourself and all those things, you'll be able to be a master communicator.
0: Like I said that's where not only do we communicate with others, but we need to communicate with ourselves, too.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and then going with yourself all the time. Go, yeah, go going more into let's call intimate relationships, whether it's a dating or or a marriage. Um, I have, talk, talk, talk. You need to talk. Going back to, it's not a guessing game. Don't hint if you need something done. Just say it. Uh, and everyone's probably heard of the book, the five love, love languages. And, and I, I read a good portion of it. And the big thing with that, where you have to speak the language of the other person, not your language. So like, if, mm-hmm. if, I, if yes. I, if I spoke, if I spoke Portuguese to you, it's not going to help you. And
1: mm-hmm. because
0: you don't understand it, you have to speak that language. Like, and we did a little online quiz. And a couple of years ago, and I mean, I think mine might've changed a little here, but like for my wife's top three, it was words of affirmation, quality time, physical touch, where mine were physical touch, quality times, words of affirmation. So if I spoke with a physical touch, hers was so much lower where vice versa. If, if she spoke with words of affirmation, that was low for me where if we spoke quality time, we'd understand each other because we're both speaking that language. So you have to make sure you speak the language that the other person can understand better. And, and again, that goes into communication to realize what language is it that grabs their their attention the most.
1: That's very a very great point. And that's so, so true. Like matching people's language because I think that is a strong form of communication, absolutely, and when you can learn the language of somebody else, then it will be easier to, it's almost like mirroring someone, like, you know, you mirror someone's body language, it's like mirroring someone's communication style, but then again, there's also, like you said, you can't drop hints, you have to be direct, but at a certain point, if you don't see change behavior, and you've communicated something like, several times it's time to just be like okay it's not working i'm just gonna remove myself from the situation for your own for your own like just positive energy and your positive space and your just your personal space and energetically once you've tried and really truly made an effort with somebody communicating if it's not working out at a certain point, it's time to ask yourself: Is this really worth it?
0: Well, like for for both of us, the receiving gifts was low on the list for both of us. I want to say for her it was like a one, and for me it was like a zero. Um, I mean, obviously holidays we we enjoy the whole gift exchange thing, but on an everyday basis, it was low. And you'll get people, especially in in new dating situations, where they like to. Get the gifts, whether it's oh here, buy you the flowers, or I'll buy you this, or let's do this, or maybe it's a fancy restaurant. Some people might be doing it to stroke their own ego to show off what they have, but others might might be genuinely do it to to please that person. But if that's not their language, it's not going to get you anywhere. And it's not that they don't necessarily appreciate it; it just doesn't speak to them. And you got to make yeah, that's true. I mean, where quality time instead of that fancy dinner and, and the flowers a walk in the park might have been a, a bigger language as much as to you it might felt like it was a cheap thing to do and a cheap date if their language is quality time and not gifts then you have to speak the language that they understand and that'll get the key. that's
1: so interesting i find that to be really true i personally like i love being on the giving end like I love 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 to give gifts or send random stuff like deliveries like my friends are in LA so like the first night that they got there that they moved there was like oh like guys are you home they're like yeah I'm like I'm getting food delivered for you they're like what you know they were so happy and I just I love that feeling of making someone else feel good and even if they don't do it like, I remember them saying to me, you make us feel so loved. Like they text me. They're like, I always feel so loved, even though, and they're very generous too, but I've done that for, (laughs) I remember doing that for one person for their birthday in the past. And he got mad at me. i like, like, I've known you for so many years. I got you a gift. And he literally was mad at me. It was like, I didn't understand. I was like, I don't, my intentions were genuine. I was like, I have never had someone get mad at me for getting them a gift. So it's funny that you're saying that because I guess Maybe it wasn't their language, but I think you can still, even if it's not your language, like you said, you can be like appreciative and respectful.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm going to go just a, a little further on the the intimate relationship. And what I mean by that is more the the dating or even more so in, into marriage. And, and my wife obviously knows I do the podcast and she knows that our, uh, our life is, in some cases, going to be the pincushion of the podcast at times, and, and I I like pulling things out of movies. Uh, obviously, being a coach, the movies that make me cry are the ones like Friday Night Lights, Remember the Titans, Miracle. The ones with the athletes and the and the poor high school kid gets hurt. I cry like a little baby on the couch.
1: Um, Wait, which just, one? Which one did you cry in?
0: Like Remember the Titans. Friday Night Lights, anything that's based like on a, on a sports team and even more so if it's a high school team and the kid gets hurt or something like that, because I I dealt with it. I've been in an ambulance with a kid whose kneecap was on the backside of his leg. I, I've seen broken, yeah. broken jaws and broken fingers. So I, I've lived that for so many years. That's the one that chokes me up. But I'll always pull something out of it. Um, and at one of our low points was right when American Pie, American Reunion came out. And, and we were struggling in in our relationship and there's one part. And if you've seen the American pie movies, Jim's dad, that's the character's name. uh, He's, he's sitting there and talking with Jim and Jim is talking about how he and Michelle, his wife have kind of like not had their time, not had their intimate time together. And he points out that they were so focused on being mom and dad that they forgot to be husband and wife. And that goes back to communicating and you have to keep talking and, and remember, and obviously being mom and dad is important, but you can't forget the husband and wife. And if you lose your communication and, and talking, whether it's just sitting down and idle chit chat at night after the kids go to bed, or whether it's serious in-depth talks, you have to keep that line of communication going and, and being able to look back now that was our problem where our communication as as a couple faded because it was all about my role okay. as a dad i mean we talked but i talked as my role as a dad and she talked as her role as a mom we didn't talk about our roles so how
1: did you get back back there with you know your relationship as husband and wife how did you strengthen your relationship again
0: well the the, the first first time and we'll go back to get and help i mean we went to counseling and I have no problem saying that. I and mean, I've, and yeah, and we we've pointed out that. I mean, you go to the doctors, and everyone's like, "Okay." You go to the dentist. Okay, the eye doctor. You go to therapy, and it's, oh my god, what's wrong? Mental health is just as important as all the other forms of health. So, and I have no shame in, in saying that we went to marriage counseling, uh, and that got us I and mean, back. There on is track. no shame in that. That's and, actually
1: nobody. I mean, I'm not gonna say nobody does that anymore, but like people. And I don't, I, I don't know people's relationships, so I'm not going to judge, but I think that from an outside perspective, people are like, you know what, this is too hard. I'm just going to give up. I'm out rather than being like, Hey, how can we fix this? And sure. Why don't we go to counseling where there's a neutral person who can help guide us? Because we fell in love for a reason. We got married for a reason. It, it's a lifelong commitment. It's not going to be all sunshine and rainbows all the time. That's just not real life. Right. And you can get back to that place and even become stronger in any relationship, especially marriage. Like you've been married for like several years now. So why not work on it?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what we did. And then working on the communication. Um, I mean, this year, obviously it's just been, I mean, this year being 2020 it's just been 2020. I mean, you can't even give it a description. It's been that,
1: and now it's twenty twenty one and we're
0: only, you know, one week in. And, and I, I would say that again, we we were waving through, and I know everyone's roller coaster ride went up and down this year. Um, but our vacation, which should have been this great vacation of going to see my mother's new place, that she was supposed to move from near Richmond, Virginia down to the Outer Banks, and that got delayed because of COVID. And our our archery tournament got canceled, so we didn't do that. So our vacation, kids went to grandpa's we hiked a mountain. We literally hiked the second highest peak in New York. We hiked Algonquin mountain, uh, which cracked her a couple of times. And I, I mean, she was in tears where I can't do it. I can't do it. And she pushed through. And then when we got to the bottom at the end, it's like, do you realize what you just accomplished? And and then we just did a road trip with no destination really. And, and we talked, I mean, the communication, I mean, that was part of the best part of that week long trip was being in the car and talking. And we eventually went up to old orchard, Maine and just walked around the beach in the evening when the crowds dispersed. And, and we just, the best part of that week was that we talked and it was a, listen, it's time for us to talk and don't hold back, say what you feel and nothing's off limits and just opening up those lines of communication. And, and that's what's carried over to where we are now that we, And kind of broke some barriers that maybe weren't broken over the past 20 years. and, And now making it a point that we need to talk about everything and we can talk about everything.
1: Yeah, and having that space to be where you feel safe enough to do so. And you let the other person feel safe enough to do so too is so important. Because I think we can communicate more effectively when we're when we're coming from that intention hey I want you to be safe to tell me and express how you really feel and vice versa because that is going to strengthen any relationship in your life where if you feel safe and trusting I feel like you're going to be yourself completely and be able to communicate what you're feeling like to 100% but if you don't feel safe if you don't feel trusting, like, eh, I don't know if I can say how I feel, then mm, the communication won't be as strong because you don't feel trusting in the situation.
0: So to close, what would be a couple of your tips for heightening your communication skills or, or tactics to use to make communication an, an easier task?
1: I would say definitely be authentic 100%. And before you communicate, ask yourself, am I coming from my ego or is this my higher self-speaking?
0: Yeah, I, I would go with what about you? definitely definitely the talking. You just, you have to talk. And like I said, going back to the no guessing games, don't hint, I mean, just say what you feel. Um, in some cases, I mean, the truth hurts. We've all heard that expression, but you have to get it out there. And like you said, you can't bite your tongue all the time because eventually it, it blows up. So you have to communicate. Yeah. And and then also, I mean, use any tool you can to communicate. If you need to leave yourself notes, if you need to I and mean, use some sort of AI, whether it be Siri or Alexa or anything like that to remind you of things and things you need to do, any, any type of communication, device that'll help you communicate I and mean, there's there's no shame in needing a reminder i mean it's gone in mean, my generation growing up i mean I, I knew tons of phone numbers you knew all your friends phone numbers because they weren't stored in the non-existent cell phone nowadays some people don't even know their own cell phone number because they never call. <laughs> and yeah so, so to to have to use a, a, a communication device to remind you of something I mean, there, there's nothing wrong with that, I mean, but just the the open lines of communication and in both directions, you need to talk and you also need to be willing to listen and, and hear what's coming in your direction.
1: Absolutely. This was a great conversation and super, super important, guys. Speak your truth. Once again, thanks for listening to the Power Shift Mindset. Hey guys, Coach Jay here from the PowerShift
0: Mindset Podcast, and I'd like to talk to you about my personal coaching page, beammotivation.com. For over 25 years, I've been coaching in one form or another and absolutely love it. It's definitely a passion of mine. I spent 15 years coaching high school soccer and baseball and absolutely loved those years of my life. I've since gone on to get certifications at a Level 3 USA Archery Coach mental management and mental toughness certifications. And I've taken what I've coached in the sports world and applied it to life. Taken those same mindsets and skills for life coaching, getting balance in your life. That same mindset that you might take to the plate in the bottom of the ninth inning is what you're gonna take into that board meeting, into that sales pitch, and even in dealing with situations within your family. If you need any form of coaching, whether it be for your athletic endeavors or for just balance in your life, please check out beammotivation.com. You can also find me on Instagram at beammotivation as well as Facebook at beam Motivation and coaching. Once again, this is Coach Jay from the Power Shift Mindset podcast and beammotivation.com. Thanks for joining us today for the Power Shift Mindset podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to like and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at the Power Shift Mindset. And also visit the PowerShiftMindset.com. Thanks again for listening to The PowerShift Mindset.